0: after
1: Welcome to the Hanky Panky podcast with your host Coraline Jewell a number one international best-selling author director. Porn star, swing club owner, and lifestyle coach will delve into all topics related to the adult industry. Everything from porn, panty selling, custom orders, webcamming, swinging, BDSM community, polyamorous lifestyle, and more. Intrigued? Curious? Coraline is an open book and will share her experiences and knowledge in the world of sex. Let's welcome your host, Coraline Jewell.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hanky Panky Podcast, hosted by myself, Coral and Jewel. Thank you again for listening and joining us today. Today, I have a very exciting guest. I worked my butt off to get her on our show. But before I introduce you guys to who I have, I always like to give a shout out to Skyhawk After Dark Radio for having us on their network, as well as Full Swap Radio. They have us at 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, California time, um, on their podcast where you can go on a Friday and listen to us. And also big sponsors uh, that we need to always thank is Schizo Kitty out in the Quinta, California, an adult store. We also have free trials for you guys to try different Swinger websites such as Cassidy, SLS, Lifestyle Lounge, SDC. So make sure that you guys go to our website. You click on the top right on sponsors, okay? And over there, you guys can get access to all the different discounts that we have negotiated for you. Without further ado, let's get started. My next guest, and I do have to read her um, profile because uh, you guys are going to be blown away that we've got her on our show today to share her story with us. My next guest is an adult entertainer. She has been in the industry since 1975. She was in that industry 1975 to 2012. She's done over 400 films. Okay, She's a member of the AVN and the XRCO Hall of Fame. And she was responsible for finding the um, foundation called AIM, which was a testing facility for the adult industry, uh, she went on to get her PhD. She is now a educator, a sexual educator. She's a drug uh, treatment. She works at drug treat. Works with a drug treatment center. Okay, and um, I got to tell you guys, I know a little bit about her story, and some of you guys do as well. But this is a woman that perseveres. This is a woman that has overcome so many obstacles, and she keeps her her spirits up and her head on her shoulder. I'd like to please welcome adult performer and absolute legend to the show, Sharon Mitchell. Hi, Sharon. How are you today? Thank Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Karlyn. I'm doing well. Thank you. It is absolutely a pleasure to have you on the show. I absolutely cannot wait to learn from you. All right. Let's get straight to it. Where are you from?
0: I was born in an orphanage in uh, New Jersey. Yes. And I was adopted uh, through the Catholic Church um, uh, into a family uh, in uh, central New Jersey, a farming community. Okay. My mother was from a farming community, and my dad was a a police officer, and uh, they were my adoptive parents, and they they raised me quite well. You know, back then, um, in the 50s, they had to pay $10,000 for a white baby through the Catholic Church.
2: Okay. Um, Did you ever try to reach out to find your birth parents? You know, I haven't.
0: Because I was so blessed, and uh, I, I ended up with such a good family and such great parents that I thought, well, maybe this is where I should be. However, now that both my parents ha- are deceased, I've been thinking, maybe I should try to find the woman I actually came out of. Hmm, It's a tough decision, and you know, there's so many issues around it. I mean, I never had kids, and I think that has a lot to do with it you know, being adopted. And um, so there's there's so many things to think about. I mean, I know time is running out. I'm like 63.
2: I know it's difficult sometimes for health reasons. People try to find out the birth parents more for like a genetic reason. Um, But you say your parents did give you a good life and a good upbringing, correct? They did.
0: I mean, they gave me a great life. I, I had a great education, a good upbringing and i just felt blessed so and by the way they always told me i was adopted we used to celebrate the day that i was adopted
2: okay so uh let's see you were raised in new jersey and then did you finish high school in new jersey
0: i didn't i actually wanted to graduate early so i took the ged or whatever okay. you call it okay and i graduated okay. at 17
2: okay your ged very cool. Um, as a child growing up, what did you plan for your career? What did you want to be? I just
0: was in a hurry to get out. I just wanted to go to New York and, and you know, I had a uh... Always uh, studied dance, and I, I just wanted to get out and, and go to New York and just be an actor, a model, or dancer. And
2: Okay, so you moved to New York when you were 17 or 18. Okay, and then did you find work like right away when you moved out there?
0: No, I um, I auditioned for the Martha Graham Dance Company, and I got a job in the road company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was pretty exciting. Okay. And I had a job on, for ABC on uh, The Edge of Night, it was a, a soap opera. Um, okay. And uh, and then my my um, my agent, my legitimate agent, said, "You know, do you want to be like a star of a movie?" Now you have to remember, this was back in 1975, 1976. So um, there were uh, uh, it was a lot
2: different than the adult industry now. is.
0: Yeah, um, they uh, they would hire you, audition you. It was they used to shoot for two or three weeks. They used to shoot on film and they used to shoot two different versions, one for the drive ins and one for the uh, the adult movies. And so the better the actress that you were, the more money you could make. So I did very well. The better actress you were, the more money you got, and um, and I used to be able
2: to pick my partners, and uh, it was it was quite it was quite good actually. Um, how long did you work in New York, and um, what can you share with us about Forty Second Street? Because um, I did an interview with Eric Edwards not too long ago, and he had some amazing stories to share about Forty Second Street and of you as well, by the way.
0: Forty Second Street was interesting. They. Only there were a few times I would kind of sneak in and watch myself. And actually it wasn't on 42nd street. It was, I think it was on, it was in the, uh, uh, it was on 14th street. It was a a movie theater and it was the first time I saw my pussy like 16 feet high on the silver screen. And I was just like, so impressed, but (laughs) I noticed, uh, I noticed that I had, Uh, a New Jersey accent. So after watching that, I went to a vocal coach to get rid of that accent so that I could, you know, be more of a, 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 an effective actress.
2: You did not like having your accent.
0: No, well, it was, it was telling and it was, I was young and I just used to learn from it. But after that, I really didn't watch a lot of my stuff, but I did used to go into a lot of 42nd Street. Kung Fu movies, and I really like that.
2: How about dancing? Did you ever? I know you dance professionally. Did you ever dance at a gentleman's club? I did
0: a lot of interesting things. I used to dance with. Uh, I used to dance to um, Rhapsody in Blue. I used to. Uh, I uh, I hired a. Uh, I'll never forget. I hired a uh, a stage guy. I had a, a a saxophone player and a fog machine and a street light and and I used to Dance to Harlem Nocturne. And and I mean,
2: I just used to create these really neat scenarios. Okay. Okay. Next question for you. Can you tell me about what it was like to work with the director, Joel Reed? I remember he and his
0: partner interviewed. It was my first film, and it was a big budget film. I mean, it was huge. And I had to audition. I had to read for the part. I had to come back and read for the part again. And I remember him saying, okay, now comes the hard part. And I said, "What's that?" He goes, "Would you, would you mind terribly taking, taking, taking off your clothes?" He was so nervous. I said, "No problem." So I dropped trowel, and I turned around, and he said, "Okay, that's fine, that's fine." He was so nervous, but that film, <laughs> joy—if that film, joy—if you've ever watched it, it's just—it's a, it. a wonderful film. It's about a girl that gets horribly raped. But she likes it. And she turns the whole city around into women raping men. It's a really incredibly bizarre film and it was amazing. And I hadn't seen Joel until about four years ago when I was brought back to do a rendition uh, at, a, um, at a theater in New York. Okay. And, and Joel was there and uh, and then he and I actually got to go up and view some archives and he and I are old film buffs and we, we just found all kinds of old Ben-Hur and old, old black and white stuff that only he and I, we were kind of film geeks.
2: Wow. That's, that's interesting. Um, Okay. I want you to tell me, And I know it's a hard question, but from your experience, what was the most memorable actor or actress that you shot with? Because um, I did an interview with Eric Edwards not too long ago, and he had some amazing stories to share about 42nd Street and of you as well, by the way. We
0: had sex in a gigantic vat of spaghetti. Oh my God. I was picking tomato sauce out of my pussy for like (laughs) three days after that. But, uh, you know, I'll never forget it. And he and I were like, they, they they pitched it to us. I looked at him. He looked at me and we said, yeah, let's go for it.
2: Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Um, OK, now, you know, with, um, you know, you talk about drug use and how everybody was high in the day and stuff like that. Um, and you admit to that and you know that, you know, you said on the Internet, like, you know, people can find you uh, your battle with drug addiction. Um, so. I'd like to know, because now you work with people with drug addiction. And so um, can you share with us, like, what was your turning point to become sober?
0: I had married wrong. I had married someone and they had just turned me back onto drugs. This is after I came out to California to get clean after the girl that I fucked that I had to leave out in New York. Okay. Um, um, I just couldn't stop. And I had been hiding the drug the drug abuse for like almost 14 years. I mean, at this point I was probably doing maybe two or three grams of heroin a day. So I was attract, attacked by a crazed fan in 1995. I stopped at 7-Eleven to get uh, food for my bird Boo, which I've had for 45 years, my macaw. And um, uh, I, I had downsized so much that I was living in a small apartment complex where the gate was like it would like you know I mean you'd press the gate and it would open but it would close very slowly so I drove my car in and I'm sure he had time to pull over and run in after me and he pushed me in and he proceeded to rape me, and he literally bit off the end of my nose and bit chunks of my face, knocked out lots of my teeth, and, um, and uh, it was uh, broke my larynx. So in, um, in a matter of like 40 minutes, you know, um, my career was over. So I, I rolled over and I had my, my free weights, by the door and he was on top of me and i grabbed one and i mean after i mean i must have fought him for like maybe 13 14 minutes but I, that's like a long time when you're exhausted oh, yeah. so i picked up this weight and it might have been five or ten pounds but i brought it down and i thought okay god look if i don't be this guy on my head at least let me crush my own skull because I don't wanna die at the hands of this motherfucker. So I brought this thing down and I felt his body go limp and I beamed him on the back of the head. And then I heard heard the police knock on the door and they came in and they said, oh, was this a trick gone bad? So I sat with my gun shaking in my house for like three days. And a friend of mine came, his name was Bill Amerson, and he used to manage um, uh, John Holmes. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten clean, and he, and he knocked on the door, and he said, okay, come on, let's go. We're going, we're going to rehab now. We're go- come on. And then uh, my face was so fucked up that I had to rely on other skills. So I did sound, I did catering, I did all kinds of stuff, and I got a scholarship, and I went back to school and eventually got my Ph.D., and I started a clinic for the industry.
2: Sharon, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you coming and thanking you for taking the time out of your day. And to my listeners, thank you so much for joining us on the Hanky Panky Podcast with myself, Coral and Jewel, as your host. Stay tuned for our next episode next week. And again, if you guys are enjoying our episodes, please make sure that you rate, subscribe, follow us, and you can welcome to send comments, negative or feedback. That's how we improve. And uh, that's all for now. Take care and have a wonderful day. And absolutely, you too, Sharon, lots of wet dreams. Talk to you later, darling. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Hanky Panky Podcast with your host, Coraline Jewell. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to check out our archives section on our website for previous podcasts. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Hanky Panky Podcast. Join us next time for another edition of the Hanky Panky Podcast. And remember, always be true to yourself.